The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's time to come out of your turkey coma, folks, because we are now in the zone between Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays. December holidays. Let's be non-denominational. And damn it, if the NBA isn't already on some bullshit, already stepping in, dominating the news, I'm fired up about it. I'm fired up about this scenario. This guy's got to fucking go. Who is he? I'll tell you in a second. And I asked the important question, what the fuck are the Dallas Mavericks doing? We also give the Hemi Award out to a rookie? Let's get right into it, William. Drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. Oh, boy. Oh, I am fired up about this. Sir, you have got to go. Who am I talking about? I think if you are watching the games, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Scott Foster, a referee. And I don't think he should really exist in the NBA game. Someone needs to take his whistle away. Someone needs to, beep, I'm sorry, you got to go. It's time for your ass to dip set. This is a soundbite and a fired up in the same exact segment. It deserves to be investigated. Adam, Adam, you need to step in because this behavior Oh, my vein in the middle of the forehead is going. That's how you know I'm fired up. There is no way that this behavior can go unchecked. No, let's say it all together. It's a Scott Foster game. It's a Scott Foster game. Yes, sir. Let's play the clip from back behind the scenes years ago. Man is here. It's your super report. Let's get it. Our greatest fears have come true. It's a Scott Foster game. It's a Scott Foster game. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And if you're Chris Paul, that's those are the, the worst words you could possibly hear. I kind of made this famous back in 2020, 2021. That was three seasons ago. That, no. Yeah. Yes. Three seasons ago. Even the amount of fuckery then was enough to warrant headline news. Reason. There is a reason. Why Chris Paul is 1-13 in his last 14 games when Scott Foster refs. In his career, in his career, he's 3-17 overall. I'm getting steamy in here. My face is flush. That in itself boggles the mind. That right there. But here's the thing that's impossible 
to reconcile. Chris Paul's teams were favored in 15 of those 20 games. That's insane. That is, it's a Scott Foster game. It's a Scott Foster. I have talked about this forever, but the more you think about it, it's like, how could it be? How could it be? There's no way this is a dink. You know what I mean? This is the influence of a man putting his thumb on the scale. It's a Scott Foster game. Yeah. And now we have even more evidence that this is an intentional beef, that this is something brewing with Chris Paul's latest run-in with Scott Foster. Here's the situation, folks. Foster whistled Chris Paul for a foul on Kevin Durant in the first half of their game with the Suns. And, of course, Foster was not content to let sleeping dog lies. And I don't know why, but it escalated fast. Apparently, Chris Paul complained to Foster, and he hit that deep. Oh, you're a technical. And... That I, I don't even know what you can say then. And he hit him with this tech because, of course, he did. And this is the crux of the issue. Chris Paul claims that in that altercation, Scott Foster was talking about little Chris, talking about his son. And then he said, you're a, you're a bitch. I saw it on his lips twice. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. Because why? Scott was doing, Foster, was doing very much bitch behavior. And then Foster was like, boop, you're out of here. You're fucking out. Second tech in 60 seconds, just like that. Gone in 60 seconds. Another Chris Paul ejection, like clockwork. Another CP3 team loss. You had Steve Kerr going at it with Scott Foster after the tech. You had Kevin Durant being like, ooh, this seems like it's a little bit more than uh, a referee player squabble. And then, of course, the Warriors get beaten by the Suns without their second point guard on the floor. After this game, here's where it gets a little fishy. Both sides had different stories. Foster said the first technical was given for unsportsmanlike conduct. The second tech was because Chris Paul continued to complain and received a second unsportsmanlike technical foul, a.k.a. he called me a bitch. And let me tell you, uh, Chris Paul's recollection of things is the soundbite of the week. Yeah, it's it's personal. Yeah, we had a situation some years ago, and it's personal. You know what I mean? Like, the league know, everybody knows, it's been a meeting and all that. A meeting? Just a situation with my son, and so it's, yeah, we... Yeah, so I'm I'm okay with a ref talking, you know, saying whatever, saying just don't use a tech to get your point across. You know what I mean? So I gotta do a better job making sure I stay on the floor for my teammates, but yeah, that's that's that. You said it's a situation with your son? Yeah, they know what it is. He know what it is too. So we don't know what it is. Pause. Yeah, Chris, we don't know what it is. Like, you know, Scott knows, the league knows, the team knows, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just no, I had a meeting with him, my dad, Doc Rivers. Your dad? This was back how long ago? Delaney and all that, so. Yeah. Yeah, him too. 
Hey Siri, when did Chris Paul play for the Clippers? He played for the Los Angeles Clippers from 2011 to 2017 before a trade sent him to the Houston Rockets. Oh my God, that at the very least, at the very like earliest, the, no, the latest, the very least, six-year-old beef. Six, he met with Bob, his dad? His dad, Bob Delaney, Doc Rivers, Scott Foster? How are we just knowing about this? I am intrigued. And the rumors on Reddit can't be real, but they are delicious. Apparently on Reddit, the rumor is that Scott Foster has a little Foster and little Foster also a baby ref. And the baby ref, apparently, according to Reddit, not Trista, was doing Scott Foster things to Chris Paul's son. And apparently Scott Foster was probably like, yeah, your son's a bitch like you. And that's why we tee him up every time we see his ass. Are we serious? Is this true? Why? I don't know. All I know, this is weird. This is some suspect ass shit. I need someone to get to the truth of it. Adam, Adam, where are you at? I need a meeting. I need a presser. I need you to go on NBA Today and give us some clarity, shed some light on the matter. What happens next? I tell you what should happen next. Scott Foster cannot referee games that Chris Paul is in. They just cannot happen. You can't have these guys on the floor uh, together. This might come down to a straight-up malice in the palace situation between ref and player. This is not good for anybody. Unfortunately, I can guarantee you, pretty much guarantee you, if the Warriors make the playoffs, that is, that Scott Foster will ref a Warriors game and Chris Paul will be ejected. And that's not right. That's not fair. That is not, not just, especially for our dubs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's move forward. What the fuck are the Dallas Mavericks doing? What, what are, like, seriously, what are they doing so I watched the game last night between the Mavericks and the Clippers. I admittedly, I was invested in Luka Doncic's points, 35 or more. So I was a little zoned in, a little more zoned in on how the offense was flowing. You know what I'm saying? How it was flowing through Luka uh, more closely than normal. And for context, because like, we got to give all the context, Luka got injured during the game. He hurt his hand. I think maybe he broke his thumb on his non-shooting hand. And Derek Lively also did not play. Derek Lively, a.k.a. a rookie that they tanked to get last last season. So we got to give it the full picture. It deserves all of And I get all that. But my God, are the Mavericks stinky. That offense might be the worst offense I've seen without Lively on the floor. The decision-making is the worst. I, I texted many friends, we got to get Luka away from these bums. These guys don't make decisions. They make the dumbest ass decisions you've ever seen on a floor. We've got Grant Williams hitting, well, not hitting. We've got Grant Williams shooting contested step backs while Luca is sitting there wide open. We've got Tim Hardaway jacking pull-up threes two seconds into the shot clock. We got Luca taking entire plays off, standing in the corner. Sometimes Luca doesn't even make it to their side of the court on offense. Errant passes to straight to the defender's bread box, diving, driving into crowded paints. It's disgusting. I am spitting right now. It is that dis- I am foaming at the mouth right now. For the entire game, the Mavs made exactly two buckets that were not made or assisted by Kyrie or Luca, four fucking points is I don't even is that like that's possible I've never seen that before no one just pulled up and hit a three not one no no give and go between Hardaway Grant Williams or whatever Josh Green is turning out to be Derek Jones Jr. couldn't get you more than one bucket on his own no he could not from 11-11, if you know, you know, because that's Kyrie's number, of the third quarter until the 354 mark. Over a seven-minute stretch, the Mavs scored exactly one bucket. One. Here is the game log. I have been requested to read game logs. Don't know why you like it, but I will do it. Uh, 10.06. Kyrie Irving misses a 25-foot three-point jumper. At 9.32, here's the bucket by Derrick Jones. All by myself. The one lone Derrick Jones bucket makes a 25-foot three-point jumper. Pause on that. Derrick Derek Jones Jr., what are you doing, baby? Don't be shooting those. 9.01, a Luka Doncic missing a four-foot two-point shot. At 8.54, Rashawn Holmes misses a tip shot. James Harden blocks Kyrie Irving's two-footer at 8.43. Grant Williams misses a 20-foot, 24-foot three-point jumper, gross, at 8.26. 
Derek Jones Jr. misses a 26-foot three-point jumper. Oh, baby, what you doing? 805. Luka Doncic, out-of-bounds pass, turnover. Bad pass, turnover at 729. Gross. Tim Hardaway Jr. misses a 24-foot three-point pull-up jump shot at 656. Luka Doncic misses a driving floater at 632. Luka Doncic out of bounds, bad pass turnover, 613. Luka Doncic, six foot two point miss, 545. Tim Hardaway miss a 24 foot three point pull up jumper at 534. Dante Exum misses a two pointer at 507. Luka Doncic misses a 28 foot step back jumper at 412. Tim Hardaway Jr. misses a 25-foot three. Why so many threes when you can't make a fucking shot? You can't go to the rim. 402. Grant Williams finally makes one 23-foot three, three-point jumper by Luka Doncic assist at 354. That, my darlings, is my babies, is a 16-possession stretch with just one bucket. Are we serious? No, two buckets. Two buckets in 16 possessions. You start the stretch down 12, and you end it 74 Clippers, Mavs, 50. That's night-night sleep mask. This, I, I don't, I can't lie to you. This is one of the grossest quarters I've ever seen in basketball. I'm not even going to say that the Clippers look good on their end either. They didn't, but it looked way worse by the Mavs. They get bailed out all day and all night by Kyrie and Luka. Two of the best offensive players in the league doing their best to really shoulder the burden of a dog shit team. Because from an offensive standpoint, and I know that this offense was quote unquote humming third most a three-pointer percentage in the league. First most threes attempted in the league. Yada, 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 yada. Truth is, when they go cold, they go ice cold. This team is awful. I don't even care what they do for the rest of the season. I don't care if they win 55 games. I don't care how they look from now until kingdom come. We know that this is what this team could be. And it's not just because they all got cold and it was a bad shooting night. This is a fucking terrible ass offense. And if you can't be a functional offense without your rookie center on the floor that you lucked into getting because you decided you were going to punt the whole season, I don't even know what to tell you. You got stoned by a Clippers team that ran out a bunch of AARP cards on the second night of a back-to-back bunch of guys in their mid-30s, early 30s, 32, 34, 34, 32, 30. Gross. Think about this. This team is absolutely abysmal without Derek Lively on the floor. If rookie of the year could be given out to a player whose absence is the most noticeable, how much it affects wins and losses by their uh, just mere presence on the basketball court, Lively would win it hands down because no team, no contending team in recent memory has relied on a rookie to space the floor and make plays and be an integral part of this offense as much as the Mavericks do for Derek Lively. And that's a big testament to Lively, but it's also a testament to how bad this team is. I said before the season, I thought this was a 
a 500 team at best. The, and people were chirping me. They're telling, Trista, what are you talking about? They are so good. Grant Williams is going to be a game changer. Oh, man, Josh Green taking the next step. Oh, man, there's toughness on the team. Blah, 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 blah. What are they? What are they? What are they? They're so bad. They are exactly what we thought they are. Luca and Kyrie have to cook. And when they do not cook, this team is shook. This is a play-in team invest. And if they're a play-in team, they're not a play-in team at all because this is a team that punts on the season, tanks again to get a number 10 or number 9 overall pick so that they can avoid giving the Knicks their first rounder. So all of that to say, what the fuck are the Dallas Mavericks doing? Let's move on. It's Monday, folks. It's time for the Hemi Award. It's getting real crowded at the top. The NBA is late. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, he's been going absolutely bananas. He should win the Hemi sometime soon. Dude balled the fuck out this week. Leading the Kings to a 4-0 record. 32, 4-6, 2.4 steals per game. Foxy leaves a little dripper for the rest of us, please. But he is not the Hemi Award winner. Could have gone with Jalen Brunson. He went 29-7 and last week. Led the Knicks to a surprising 3-1 and record. He has been flat-out awesome. He's turning R.J. Barrett into one of the best plus-minus, actually the best plus-minus guy in the league. But he is not the Hemi. He is I and I am him. But no, it is Chet. It is Chet Holmgren. We've got a rookie winning the Hemi in the fifth week of the NBA season. Jesus Christ, Chet. Are, it's the vampire of Transylvania putting buckets on your dome piece. Chet went off for 24-9-2 with the steal and three blocks per game last week, shooting 63% from the field, 43% from three. Can we just pause? This man is like seven feet tall, shooting 43% from three, 63% from the field, and three blocks per game. Average. Average. The Thunder coincidentally went three and one. He had games of 36 against Steph and Golden State, 33 against Philly and Embiid. Went toe to toe for an entire game against the reigning MVP, Chet, the real deal. In a single 20 second stretch in Philadelphia, hostile environment, he had a three, a deep three, a block, and a cockback dunk right in your face. All in the time that it takes James Harden to think about setting up the offense. Thinking about tween, 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 tween. Put a little spit on your shoe and then airball. I don't know how Chet even got back that. Look at the video. I don't know how he got back that fast in transition. I really don't. This dude is ridiculous. So why there are other players with a little bigger numbers? It's not the size of the stat sheet. It's the motion of the ocean. And Chet was motioning in this offense, impacting games in a way that nobody else did last week. So congratulations, Chet. You get the Hemi Award. He is I and I am him. He got himself a Hemi along the way. I am dead sure it will not be the last. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's get into some news from around the week. We start the roundup of the news of the week with something very regrettable. Something, truthfully, I don't even want to discuss. I don't have any information. All I have is rumors. All I have is reports. All I have is the news that the NBA will be investigating Josh Giddy for having some sort of relationship with an underage minor. Uh, we are in a scandal, a shitstorm in many ways. I have thoughts on the matter. It is not a subject, though, that lends itself well to subtleties or too many jokes. So I will stay quiet, though, for those who do not know, OKC's point guard, Josh Giddy, for those who do not know him, he has been very good this year, very elite. He has been accused, like I said, of a sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl. There's been some Snapchat videos leaked, and there's been some that are like innocuous and some that are definitely not defendable. And everyone and their mother knows is what we call illegal basically. Uh, and Josh Giddy just turned 21 in October. He has only been able to legally drink in America for a little over a month. The entire situation came to light because there was an anonymous IG account that blew up his spot, aka probably her ex-boyfriend or current boyfriend, complete with screenshots from Snapchat with Josh Giddy with this alleged underage girl that posted, if it needed to be more blunt and upfront, I just fucked Josh Giddy. While standing in front of, yes, you guessed it, shirtless Josh Giddy. Very, 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 very depressing. Where did that guy get those photos? Where did what, what was the point of it? I don't know. Maybe he's just a good Samaritan. Maybe he just wants Josh Giddy to come to justice. I have no idea. No one knows the details, but I will say this. Adam Silver released a statement saying that they were investigating the situation and the OKC Thunder gave a similar statement, which said that they were aware of the situation, but allowing Giddy to play. Which brings me to something that I find to be a fascinating comparison, something that Twitter has not overlooked. Uh, if I was a Grizzlies fan, folks, I would be incensed. I would be let, like just absolutely livid because the second incident with Jaw, I believe, was with a lighter that appeared to be a gun on Instagram. And they suspended him for God knows when for forever. I think he's coming back in uh, Christmas. So 25 games for not breaking a single law. And while I and everyone from Adam Silver to the lowest commenter on Reddit could argue the optics for Jaw, if the presumption of innocence is given to Giddy, I don't know that you can't give it to Jaw. Things that make you go, while we wait for the other shoe to drop on this very, very, very fucked up situation. We move on to Atlanta. Man, this player was so fun. One of my 
most favorite young on the come up dudes was going to probably make on the come up this week. Maybe he still will. Jalen Johnson has broken his left wrist, expected to miss between four to six weeks. Ooh, Jalen Johnson was cooking. He was very much in the most improved player conversation this year, averaging 14, seven and two playing in that John's Collins spot in the Atlanta starting lineup. And he hurt his hurt himself sticking his arms out to protect himself during a fall. Ooh, and when you are a big man in the NBA, you must invest in a wrestling coach to teach you how to fall properly. Because I tell you what, that wrist, very important. Uh, say what you will about Embiid, but he knows how to fall, baby. So does Jokic. So does Giannis. Fortunately, reports say that Johnson will not need surgery. Just a month or so of rehab before he amps up into game shape will not come soon enough for a Hawks team who absolutely, definitely, totally needs him in the lineup. Out in Phoenix, the Suns have righted the ship, even if they have not gotten any consistent minutes from their big three. Booker and KD, still potent. Even if they will not win a chip by themselves, they have now won seven a row. Seven in a row. Seven a row. And are third place in the West. We're not here to talk about the Suns, though. As much as I don't want to, I have to talk about uh, the Nets. Uh, People can't shut the fuck up about them, uh, about the big three in Brooklyn. I don't know why, but the Mavs play the Suns, or I I don't really know. We're still getting sound bites about what went wrong in Brooklyn, and I, for one, am kind of done. I do not want to hear about it anymore. KD was asked about it in a scrum about his time with the Nets, and instead of saying, yeah, I'm tired of answering questions about this, he said, it just wasn't no continuity on who we were as a team. When you want to win a championship, you got to build an identity from day one. It was a lot of circumstances out of the player's control that got in the way. Also, not only is this a yawn, we also know that the Nets are dysfunctional from an organizational standpoint. We've talked about that many times before. Over in Dallas, Kyrie was also asked about his time in Brooklyn. And like KD, he couldn't stop himself. He said, it's unfortunate that me, James, and KD are part of NBA history of what-ifs. Kind of like the girl that got away. It'll hurt you for the rest of your life. Looking back, you got a great bad wife, kids, and all that. And you're like, I don't want to second guess it. I don't want to get in any trouble with my wife. But I'm not thinking about nobody else, baby. Please stop it. Also, they really wish they would have gotten a ring together. Let's concentrate on the big three in Phoenix that will fail, uh, the big three in Clipperland that will fail, and the big two in Dallas that will fail. Isn't that enough for now? Uh, we'll move on. While you were watching football, the Portland Trailblazers, a team that is down in the dumps, was largely seen as the worst team in basketball outside of the Detroit Pistons, a team that we know is tanking, a team with the third worst point differential in the league. We're taking the Milwaukee Bucks to the woodshed, baby. Woodshed. And then the inevitable happened. The Portland Trailblazers cooled off, shot like 13% from the field, and they choked the 26-point lead away in the last minute on a controversial call where Giannis probably should have fouled out on Malcolm Brogdon. But apparently, once you block a shot, if you hit somebody on the forearm, you're no longer considered a shooter, and it's incidental contact. I don't ever recall that being a thing, but I digress. Gross. And it wasn't just the fact that the Blazers were beating up on the contending team that Dame got traded to after one of the most contentious trade requests that we've seen in this league for years. It was how it happened that I was very fired up about before the lead got put into my balloon. 
And I don't mean the mess bunnies the Dame continued to go through. They were delicious as well. But it was the Scoot Show breakout game, a breakout half that we were hoping for. So Scoot has been struggling before he got injured. Before this game, Scoot was two for 24 from three, 32% from the field. And then, folks, our man Scoot got his eyes fixed. He got contacts. Apparently, he needed them. I don't know why he didn't have them before, but it was the first time he's ever gotten contacts in his goddamn life. And instead of just wearing them, he was like, I should probably wear goggles too. Sun goggles. Sun goggles Scoot. And in the game against Dame, Portland's prodigal son, Scoot, in the first half, was three for three, three for four in the field, 11 points, ended up with 13 on 50% from shooting, and more importantly, a plus two in 27 minutes against the title contender. I'm sorry, Scoot. These goggles have got to. And finally, Draymond Green back in the news, baby. He has finally addressed his strangling of Rudy Gobert. And as you could imagine, he's probably very remorseful for choking out an opponent and badly getting ejected and then getting suspended at a very critical time when his team was on the brink of disaster, needing him badly, considering he has a pattern of violence since, I think has only won once since he's gotten that five-game suspension. No, he has not. Are you serious? Absolutely not. That would mean that he is fully self-aware, fully ready for growth, and not delusional. And Draymond Green, when it comes to Draymond Green, he is in la-la land. Here's what he said about his suspension. I don't live my life with regrets. I'll come to a teammate's defense anytime I'm in a position to come to a teammate's defense. What matters to me is how the people that I care feel, uh, feel about. First and foremost, how are the people that I care about affected? How are the people that I care about? What do they have to deal with? That's it for me. What do you mean? What do you mean that they have to deal with? They have to deal with you not being on the floor. Oh, you mean the closest to you, like Coach Steve Kerr, who called your actions indefensible? Even staff who said the nine-game stretch that we're in right now has not been great. So I know Draymond's excited to be back, and we're excited to have him. We need him. So, yeah. What about the old Jordan pool punch? How does that figure in to the calculation of coming to a teammate's defense? Hi-ya! Um, The hoops that you are just jumping through are gymnast level. Gold medal shit. All you have to do is just say, shit, my bad. My bad, fam. I didn't mean to choke you like that, dog. But you didn't. You're like, really did anything wrong nothing is more dream on than being like that's just who i am i'm gonna continue to be me i'm gonna continue to be me baby if you don't like me fucking other people you don't like that i don't take out the garbage you don't like that i argue with you over dumb shit that's just me you don't have to live with it man Draymond and no accountability are like the Rocky shaking hands meme. I tell you what, that's all the time that we have for the episode of the Heat Check. Come back tomorrow for an all-new episode for the Rookie Report. Shh, I don't want to do this one. And ladies and gentlemen, listen up and wait for the mini episodes and past episodes that drop unexpectedly like fall leaves in a gentle breeze. My new house has a lot of leaves. I tell you what, I got to get a new rake. Do not forget to follow the heat check all season long. That means download. That means subscribe. That means tell your friends, all of them, every single one of them, even your real estate agent that wants you to buy a house rather than rent a house. Tell her, hey, I don't have the money for all that, bitch, but have you heard the heat check?
And follow us on social at this heat check and at Tristan Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.